She was raised in a home where helping others was a way of life, and she grew up to become a public health professional after earning a degree from Onondaga Community College. Now, Lisa Greenmills is about to be honored by OCC for her work, and she's our guest on this edition of our podcast. Well, welcome to Chatting About College, a podcast originating from Onondaga Community College in Syracuse, New York. My name is Roger Marabito. We record our conversation in the studios of our Broadcast Media Communications degree program. It's located in the Whitney Applied Technology Center on our campus. Now, on the night of October 6, we'll honor this year's class of what we call alumni faces. These are former students who have made a difference in their community and in their chosen profession. Our guest today and a member of our Alumni Faces class of 2021 is Lisa Greenmills. Lisa, welcome and congratulations on your honor. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Great to have you here. So before we talk about everything you've done since you were a student here, let's go back a little bit. Um, You grew up in East Syracuse. Mm -hmm. Your mom was a nurse in the Army. She served in Iraq. And then she retired from military service came back here to central New York, and she wound up working in Krauss Hospital's labor and delivery. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering how her uh, participation in the healthcare industry, how that impacted your career path. Yeah, one thing that was great about seeing my mom's career was that she was a nurse, but she did so many different things. So she worked in a hospital. You know, I had that sort of knowledge and was able to see her in that setting. And then she was also... She worked when I was in school. She worked in the school that I was going to briefly. She, with her service in the military, there's, um, you know, she worked in Guatemala. She went to Bolivia. So she was always showing us, you know, pictures and telling us stories about these different types of nursing that she was able to do. And then even as I was growing up, she worked at the VA and there she was doing telehealth. So she was, you know, setting people up with technology in their homes and monitoring them through you know, like a prehistoric iPad. It was before <laughs> before that was common. Um, so just seeing all these different things that she got to do, it kind of exposed me to the to the broadness of the field of nursing. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So you graduated from East Syracuse Manoa High School, yep. and you decided to come to OCC. Why did you choose OCC? It was, I had a kind of winding path to arrive <laughs> here. And I actually, I don't know if you know this, but I was here for one semester before I actually came back as a, you know, a consistent student. Mm. But I was here for one semester and then I was gone for a while. And I think part of the reason that I came back was after having a few years off, I kind of reflected on my life and what I wanted to do. And I realized, you know, that if I if I wanted to be serious about a nursing career, if I wanted to be serious about moving ahead, that I needed to really just like dive in and start. And so coming back to OCC, it was comfortable for me. You know, I'd, I'd been here. It was home. I was used to the, to the you know, the layout, the staff, the structure. So it was a very, it was an easy choice for me to know that, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to kind of dive back in after a couple years off to come back to this place that I already know and that's comfortable and then know that from there I could launch my career into any number of ways. So while you were here, you earned a degree in mathematics and science. Mm-hmm. You were a great student. Thank you were in the Phi Theta Kappa <laughs> Honor Society. You were also involved in the Collegiate Science and Technology Entry Program, which internally we call C-STEP. I'm wondering what your involvement in C-STEP was, how that impacted you. 
Yeah, so I was very involved in C-STEP. I remember my counselor there was joking that if there was an award for, like, the most visits, I would have got it. <laughs> so, yeah, I was always – it was down in the basement of the – I forget the building's name, but where the food court was. So I was always down there, like, every day just checking in, talking to them. You know, in the beginning, I was just kind of going for myself because it was helpful to me. But then I think they saw – you know, a lot of different opportunities and things that I could start participating in. So then I was tutoring through the program, you know, I was helping other students. There was events, you know, they had all throughout the year. There was like things to kind of practice being at a formal dinner. So you could see, you know, how, what's all the different silverware that is, you know, if you go to some sort of interview dinner, how how should you utilize all the equipment before you? (laughs) So they just had all these great, you know, workshops and classes, resume building, and then I started out, you know, participating in it, just learning myself. And then towards the end, I was able to actually be working with other students, you know, as I kind of advanced here, um, being able to work with students who were coming in, who were brand new. So that was something that was just really rewarding for me. So you completed your degree here in 2008. You received a bachelor's in nursing from SUNY Binghamton and then a master's in public health from SUNY Albany. So you are a walking, talking advertisement for (laughs) SUNY, which is great. So your professional life, in 2013, you become program coordinator at Syracuse Healthy Start. Tell us about that and what you did there. Yeah, so that was actually really, really exciting for me. So when I was in grad school, I did my internship with Syracuse Healthy Start, and that actually was not even my first exposure to the program because growing up in my family, we had lost my brother to SIDS as a baby. The Healthy Start is a program that works on addressing issues of infant mortality, especially in the black community in Syracuse. So it was a name that I knew in my household. You know, my mother actually had participated and she, she worked for Healthy Start when I was younger. They were doing research, you know, when the program first began in the 90s. So she was working with them to, you know, collect data. It was something that obviously she was deeply passionate about. So in my house, you know, we had signs up for Healthy Star. We had all the, you know, post-it notes with all the information on it. Like we just had a, I grew up hearing about it and knowing all about it. When I was able to do my internship with Healthy Star as a grad student, it was super exciting for me just to be able to kind of follow in her footsteps and do this work that I knew was really important. And then when I graduated, actually, I was pregnant when I graduated. So, you know, then it's even more, you're thinking even more about like babies and your own, you know, safety and plan and how your family's going to look. So that, you know, I stayed home with him for a while. I had another job. But then the position opened up for the program coordinator, the Healthy Start program coordinator. And I was just so excited to be able to go into that role, you know, starting as hearing about it from my family and then, you know, being able to be the intern there and then coming back a few years later and actually coordinating the program and, and, you know, leading it for five years was just huge for me. I loved it. Five years later, you became director of disease control for the Onondaga County Health Department. (laughs) Very demanding job, obviously. Oh, yeah. And then... Early in 2020, COVID happens. Right. So what was that like for you? <laughs> the, the the overall function of the job that I had at first was working on sexually transmitted infections, tuberculosis, and then, you know, a whole list of other communicable diseases that, that exist out there. So I had about a year to kind of, you know, learn the ropes with that and get comfortable with just the general process of disease management. And then all of a sudden, COVID hit. Right, so <laughs> right. everything changes. Yeah, everything turned upside down. So it was for me, it was a really good opportunity to, you know, I, I didn't have 
I was not like an infectious disease expert, but what I was able to bring to the table there was just coordinating the process. So working with the team to say, okay, we've had our first case in a nursing home. So we're going to talk to the medical director. We're going to see what the state is saying. We're going to look at what the CDC is saying. We're going to, you know, review all this guidance that we have and then figure out how are we going to address this. And it was a huge team effort. I mean, there were so there were every program within the health department ended up getting involved. So maternal and child health, um, environmental health, like everybody was on board. Everybody was working together. So it was awesome to be part of that team that we all just, you know, we knew that this was kind of a, you know, a, something that was going to define our, our lifetimes and define our careers. So we all just rallied around it and tried to figure out the process. And we really didn't, you know, there wasn't a ton of guidance coming down on what, what we should do because everything was just, you know, happening moment by moment. Sure. sure. So, yeah, we just had to work together and kind of figure it out little by little. You were a real student leader during your time here. I'm wondering what being a leader like as a student, if there were lessons learned that you've carried with you throughout your professional career. Yeah, there's definitely. So there were things that, you know, at the time I'd probably think, oh, these are little small projects that we're running. But with Phi Theta Kappa, we did um, a donation drive one year, I remember. So we collected items that students donated at the end of the semester when the dorms were first built. So there was that whole process of just, you know, arranging it, staffing it, promoting it, making the connections with who we were donating to. So there was just a whole process of of coordinating work. And even if it was, you know, a small group, there was four or five of us, you know, doing this event in like three buildings, still that practice of just, okay, how do you organize people? How do you figure out all the logistics around some event or some goal that you're trying to attain? So that was something that here, you know, I got to practice in a smaller setting where there's, you know, less risk of failure because you have faculty supporting you. You have, you know, I had C-STEP, I had PTK, I had all these programs that I knew were kind of there with me. And so then we were able to do all this stuff together and just kind of, you know, practice, but still in the real world. So earlier this year, you started a new job. You're working at Syracuse University now. Your title is Director of Operations at Syracuse University's Barnes Center. Tell us about what you're doing there. So the Barnes Center is Syracuse University's Integrated Health and Wellness Center. So we have recreation, which is, you know, the traditional gym type of um, facility, and there's outdoor adventures, ice skating. There, there's a whole lot of things that are offered there. We have a clinic, like a regular walk-in clinic for the students. We have a counseling center, and then we have health promotion, which does different types of outreach and student education and events on campus. So all of those programs work together to support the students. And the director of operations role is focused on making sure that all of those different programs are working together so that the the activities that are going on in the counseling center are supporting the activities that are going on in the health center. And if there's a student that comes in with a stomach ache, you know, maybe it's not just a stomach ache. Maybe they need to talk to somebody. So then we can connect them with counseling and maybe, you know, there's body image issues. So then we'll connect them with someone in the gym to kind of walk them through, you know, a a safe and appropriate way to approach exercise. So we try to just combine all these services so that the students are supported. And that's something that I really love. And then again, I get to do the piece that I'm, you know, that I 
find to be my most favorite, which is just organizing things. I love organizing and planning. So I so I work with my team to just make sure, especially right now during COVID, sure. we're still, you know, of course, dealing with that. So working with a team to make sure, okay, are all of our databases set up correctly? Do we have the right paperwork? Do we have a plan for, you know, who's going to work here on this day and who's going to work there on that day? And we support, you know, not just the students, but the operations team is also supporting all the different, all the staff within the Barnes Center. And I'm guessing once classes begin and students are there, no two days will be the same. Right. Which is fun. (laughs) You know, it's fun to have that variety in your job. Yeah. So in October, you're going to be honored here as an alumni face, which I know is a really big deal for you. Yes. (laughs) Um, Tell us what it means, not only to you, but to your family, because it's been one of those running things in your family, hasn't it? Yeah. I honestly am so excited. So from the first time that I saw that, that OCC had a wall, you know, I saw the pictures on it. I was looking at the, you know, the names and everything. And it just was a goal of mine. I remember I was at a conference once and somebody somebody had passed away. Um, and everybody was honoring this person who had passed away. And they were talking about her career and all the good things that she had done. And it got me thinking about my own career and that, you know, I when I get to that stage, I, I hope that the work that I've done is like valuable and helped people and, you know, just like I hope to have made the kind of impact that that this person made. So the the wall of fame here is something that I always looked at and I was like, oh my God, I would just be so excited <laughs> to be able to <laughs> yeah. like to see myself there, you know? Mm-hmm. So when I got the invite, like when I got the, you know, the letter in the mail that that this was something that was gonna happen, I was just so excited. My family was over at my house and I was like, oh my God, guys. <laughs> That's great. So we, I mean, we'd been talking about it for years, like, oh, you got to get on the wall. You got to get on the wall. So it's, you know, I know it's, I, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I want to like stay humble, of course. But sure, when sure. you get an honor like this, it's just very exciting and it, and it helps you feel like, yes, what I'm doing is important and, you know, helping people. And it, it's just awesome to be to be seen for that. Well, we're honored to have you as one of our alums, and that's fantastic. You've answered all of our probing questions. We want to play a game with you now. Right. It's called Box of Questions. Because there are seven of you being honored this year as alumni faces, we have a box with seven random questions in it, and we're going to pull them out one at a time. They're life questions, they're fun, and we're going to have a blast with this. <laughs> so the first question, who is your favorite OCC person and why? It could be a professor. It could be someone you went to school with. My favorite OCC person. I would say Drake Harrison, Mr. Harrison. So he was the C-STEP director um, while I was in C-STEP. And I feel like him and Maddie Jones both, she was my counselor. So I kind of put the two of them together. Um, they both were just always in my corner, like everything, you know, any event that was going on, they let me know. Maddie took a a bunch of us down to New York City to visit different schools. Like, I just felt like they took us in like their own family. And then even after I graduated, you know, Mr. Harrison would call and check in. And even I would see his wife out sometimes at things and she would be like, oh my God, Lisa. So just, it really was this family feel. And I feel like the two of them in particular just made me feel so welcomed here. That's a great answer. All right, number two, tell us one thing about yourself that would make people question your sanity. Oh. <laughs> you, you had mentioned you were hyper-organized. So I wondered if there, you know, is there something in your house, like you have a sock drawer and everything's arranged <laughs> by color, right? 
anything do, like that. I do organize my socks with the Marie Kondo <laughs> method, since you asked. <laughs> There's a sock organization method. But if I would say something that may, may, people might think I'm crazy, probably just that when I was younger that I, that I dropped out of school. I know my family was like, oh, mm. my God, what are you doing? You know, yeah. like, what is going to happen now? So I think at that point, people were, like, just not sure, you know, how things would turn out. I think that kind of surprises people sometimes to hear that. But, yeah. Everything turned out well. Yeah. It was all a good experience. All right. Number three, you can go to one concert to see any band in their prime. So it could be someone from the 40s, the 50s, or someone current. Any band. Oh, my goodness. Actually, I think I went to my dream concert. Because, really? Yeah. We, so there's a there's a band called Tank and the Bangas, and they they won a Tiny Desk concert a couple years ago, oh, which is okay. like an NPR show. Sure, yeah. Um, and I just loved them. Like, I loved all their music, and they were playing down in Ithaca, and they're, they were opening for another band. Mm-hmm. So we got tickets. We were so excited to go. And then the other band canceled because the lead singer got sick. Oh. So we were bummed. You know, we were sad we were going to miss it. But then out of the blue, Tank and the Bangas was still in Ithaca, and they were like, oh, we'll still put on a show anyways. Oh, that's so, great. Yeah, so they found a little venue, and they ended up putting on this really small show. And it was still, you know, you had to buy tickets. It wasn't part of the original concert. But they put on this show in this tiny little venue. It was hot. Everybody was sweating. Everybody was dancing. It was just one of the most fun nights of my life. That's very cool. <laughs> Good for you. All right, next question. Your first car. Oh, my first car. I think I drove my mom's red minivan. I don't even know what it was, a caravan. It had the door that if you pushed the button, it opened. So I was yeah. very excited. Yeah. It was high tech. <laughs> what was the first car you bought? The first car that I bought. That you could say, I earned that. It would be my green Corolla, which I then mm. crashed like two years later. Oh, no. But it was a good car. It served yeah. me well. Now I have four-wheel drive, though. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Next question. Cat or dog? Oh, cat. All the way. Oh, no sure. hesitation. No hesitation. Okay. Why cat? <laughs> what do you like about the cat? They're they're more relaxed. Mm. I feel like dogs are just kind of hyper. Like they're jumping around, making a lot of noise, always nails on the ground and tails and breathing heavy. <laughs> it's just too much activity. All I right. Like, I like calm. All right. Number six, your favorite caffeinated beverage. Caffeinated beverage. You know, I have been a coffee drinker, and I've I've got off the I've gotten off that part of my life. So now I'm down to tea. And okay. I'm much much happier being a tea drinker. Less headaches, less shakes, and whatnot. But yeah, if I if I wasn't worried about my own health, I'd go with coffee. But tea, you know, tea is now my drink of choice. Do you have a favorite tea? <laughs> we do chai. I oh, drink chai. okay, yeah. awesome. Black chai. Final question. You've had a long day at work. You don't feel like cooking dinner. What's your go-to <laughs> takeout? Ooh, my favorite is dosa grill. It's Indian cuisine, right? Yes, yeah. yes. But yeah, we definitely have a favorite dish there, which I is totally escaping me right now. But yeah, dosa grill is, is definitely the go-to. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Lisa Greenmills, we're extremely excited that you're part of our class of 2021. And we thank you for joining us and uh, look forward to that special night in October. Thank you so much. And we'd also like to say thank you to our Broadcast Media Communications degree program for use of their beautiful studios here on campus. And thanks to you as well for listening. I'm Roger Mirabito. This has been Chatting About College. You can download, rate us, and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you download fine podcasts from.